0: Maggie and i just happen to be black coulda named this black margaret ellen but ain't nobody saying all that i get to sit and talk to smart people that might could be my friends all to get a greater understanding of how oppression might end but i don't always talk about business because edges they matter too so do credit scores and homesteading and how to find a good shoe i just want the space to be good for us and it's something that we own i ain't gonna talk y'all to death i just want us all to grow black maggie Welcome to the Black Maggie Podcast. Uh, Today's vibe of the day is um, a fresh hot pepper. Okay, one that you just got, you grew it yourself, you were able to pick it, the caterpillars ain't eat it, and you actually (laughs) got to have it. Um, And my motivational moment will be um, just because you don't see progress on the surface, does not mean that there's not something great happening in the soil. So today, my guest is Lala, owner of Designs by La, And uh, we have been actually working for the last, almost, it's coming up on three months. We're in September it's, now. Yes, yeah, like two
1: yeah, months. Yes, yeah, two months and a couple of days. Two like months doesn't yeah.
0: change. I'm um, providing the urban homesteading classes to the people. Um, she's been doing this for free out of the kindness of her heart and um, and I'm excited to have her on today on the podcast so we can talk about some of the stuff that everybody that's not already a classmate can get to know. So I introduce to you Lala. Welcome.
1: Well thank you for having me.
0: I'll Absolutely. Start with yeah. So okay so we've we've talked about so many things over the last Two and a half months that I know you're like, what what new conversation could we possibly have? Right? Cause we've we've discussed so many things when it comes to urban homesteading. But I think mm-hmm. I wanna I want you to talk to the people about the lifestyle itself, how it benefits you, and how um and and why you're an advocate of it.
1: Well, first let me start with um Oh, man, there's so many places to start with this, but mostly it is the fact that I grew up with parents who were who were freegans. and freegan is a more modern term. So basically what they did was if they went to, a, say, a restaurant, they picked up extra napkins or straws or packets of ketchup. So we kind of lived off the surplus of other people. And we always had a garden and my mother always bought um, whole or half Like a half a cow every year she would buy, or Mm -hmm. uh, a portion, you know, a large portion of chicken. She would always butcher all this stuff, and we had a lot of deep freezers, and we froze Mm -hmm. stuff, and we grew things. So fast forward to modern day, that was urban homesteading back then, and it still exists to this day. There are a lot of people out there that don't realize that they're urban homesteading, but um, the fact of the matter is, is that at the top of this year, we ended up with a lot of shortages in different things. Um, mm-hmm. And for those people who were caught off guard by this, it was a big impact. But for those people who are homesteaders in general, or they um, were urban homesteaders and not necessarily caught off guard, it just mm-hmm. becomes a part of your everyday life. Um, I don't really shop at grocery stores. I do go buy, um, let's say, um, saran wrap or something like that aluminum foil right. things of that nature yeah i'm not growing that of course so i would go buy that sort of stuff but what i wouldn't do is buy you know meats from the meat counter or produce or especially anything down the grocery aisles anything down that area i usually right. don't even bother to go down those aisles if i am in the store um, so urban homesteading the the fundamental portion of it is that you grow your own food now, for those people who are in a limited growing situation, you're mm-hmm. not going to get an over amount or abundance of food, but you will get something. Right. So, so long as you're growing in an urban homestead, um, mm-hmm. it will help supplement some of your grocery needs that you have at regular stores. Mm-hmm. And also it helps with um, like soap making and preserving foods and skincare and hair care and right. um, it ends up being a huge impact on your life just because you're not spending those dollars at any of the stores or websites so that you mm-hmm. can maybe go on a vacation that you never had or you know do something mm-hmm. really fun with your kids and if you have children dealing with a homestead um, they tend to get involved very quickly and very easily yes. so kids love it <laughs> They really do love it. It's true. So um, I don't know if anybody out there, you know, homeschools their kids, but it's almost like a science experiment for a lot. Mm -hmm. A lot of things. Um, They get to watch things grow. They get to watch things. Say, for instance, the bugs attack something that's in your garden. They get Mm -hmm. to see that hands on in every everyday type of moment for them so they get to experience the world in a different light not just being cooped up in a classroom let the world be your classroom versus um, always being indoors so just having uh, just having the space outside for your kids to grow up is very important kids need to have you know as much time outside getting as much vitamin d in as possible You know, Mm -hmm. not to have your kids indoors all the time, but you can have them outside, and you go outside, too, because the sun is so healing. Um, You get a lot of nutrition from the sun alone, not just, you know, a lot of people get cancer or whatever, but there is a lot of things that you can't get in your food, and and the sun does heal that. So that's basically urban homesteading in in a nutshell. Um, There are some other things dealing with the homestead that, um, I guess you know, men would deal with, not necessarily women, or whoever, it could be a partner, whatever, it doesn't matter, just as long Mm -hmm. as two people are kind of involved in the homestead um, lifestyle, so, because you're going to need help, it's not like you're just going to have this homestead, and it's only going to be you doing it, no, ma'am, you're going to need everybody's help, exactly, (laughs) I promise you, you're going to need help, so um, that's probably the biggest thing, so okay. like you covered a few questions because I'm thinking about
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking about like right now where everybody's homeschooling at least a couple a couple of days a week right and right. so having a home garden you know provides that time where your kid can get some sunlight and get some exposure to you know some concepts of biology and things like that um, absolutely and you know especially now is a time that I tell you I have saved so much money um just not so before I even started the garden I saved a bunch of money by one reducing how much I was eating out at restaurants
1: Absolutely but absolutely two,
0: because this thing this this disease that's going around they're saying that it attacks like um if you have underlying conditions and things like that so Go we've ahead. been working out more we've been more conscious about the food that we eat and making sure that it's like immune system supportive foods Absolutely. and so the amount of money that i save on just that is what motivated me to start planting and come to you and be like how do i do this, how do I I'm do like, this. Yeah. if if i can take it to the next level i'm afraid to see how deep into this that i can actually get i've cut my nails well, <laughs> <I'm>
1: like, <laughs> i cut mine all the time too yes. um the mine get real long but i just cut them all off um mm-hmm how do you say this homesteading grows your nails your hair everything about you gets real pretty but at any rate i just want to (laughs) give anybody out there that bit of information so if you really want to like break your habit of all of that skincare regimen that you have Mm -hmm. go spend some sun some time uh sun spend some time in the sun so then that way Mm -hmm. um your body gets more accustomed to the sun and your skin becomes very pretty. Um, so don't think of it as if, oh, I'm going to catch cancer. You're only out there for a few minutes. Um, yeah. And then then cover up. So you always have that the opportunity to uncover when you just want to get a little bit of sun to your skin or mm-hmm. cover up when you're doing a lot of work. So when you're out there doing work, I'll, you know, doing those classes, I kind of explain that. You, you want to cover yourself <laughs> up. Yeah. Cause you're going to run across some spiders, some things that are going to really oh, get my you. Goodness. So cover yeah. up. Um, but I want to kind of go back to that point of how much money you truly do save. it's enough. Let me say this to you. It's enough to have, um, front door sales for me. It's Mm -hmm. enough for me no longer to work an outside like corporate America type job. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't do any of that stuff and I haven't in quite some time. Mm-hmm. So I just want to say to those people who are tired of that rat race, this is another, another alternative lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, you only really, once you start homesteading full time, you really end up only needing one income. So you can take your family back down to one income because mm-hmm. number one, you're teaching your kids, your kids are at home with you. You don't have those daycare fees and all of those things that go along with it. And you can reduce your insurances as well, too. So what I mean by that is like, you'll, you know, eventually you'll get down to a point where you don't have so much car insurance or home insurance. Yeah, because you're not doing so many miles. You're not not doing that. So all of those bills begin to go down. It sounds Mm -hmm. strange, right? But once you get fully off into this whole lifestyle, um, you will always find like the way to save money. Um, Yes, I, I promise you, once you get some plants in your garden that come back year round, like over and over and over again, mm-hmm. it's like printing free money. You'll get to a point where you won't buy certain things at the grocery store at all. And it'll go on mm-hmm. for years like that. You won't even, you won't even think about going down that aisle where that item was. I mean, there's still going to be things you're going to need from, you know, wholesale right. warehouses and stuff like that. Um, and well, chocolate, look. <laughs> yeah, you need <laughs> chocolate, Yeah. <laughs> You do need chocolate. Um, right. And I, here's the crazy part. I, there is a guy, um, he's a black owner of a chocolate company. He's on the west side of town. I, I'll get you his information. He sells okay. some the best chocolate, man. Nice. And I love like the darkest cacao chocolate. I'm a mm-hmm. chocolate lover. Can you tell? <laughs> mm-hmm. But anyway, he sells not, I don't like the milk chocolate stuff. I really like that cacao. The deeper, yeah. the better. The almost black in color is what I'm always searching for. That bitter taste same. Um, yeah, that note that is really wonderful. Oh my honest. goodness, yes. <laughs> Hands down, right? So that's right. good stuff. But, you know, it's strange because his family is the same way. Um, his mm-hmm. wife is a homesteader just like I am. And, you know, we kind of ch- exchange a lot of recipes and what mm-hmm. didn't work and what did work and that kind of thing. Right now, there's a lot of shortages um, as far as homesteading lifestyle is is to be concerned. And what do I mean by that? Um, if you're a true homesteader, you know, that there are shortages on like ball canning jars or canning jars and lids and rings in general, you can't find that stuff, Mm -hmm. but not only can you not find, um, ball canning jars, you can't find the, the accoutrements to it. Um, the different salts, they're low on salts. They're low on sugars. They're low on like basic staples. Mm -hmm. Um, again, it really doesn't affect people like myself so much but for those people who rely on the system for their day-to-day needs yeah they're really suffering at this point so yeah and the barrier for no. entry
0: I was gonna yeah. say like the barrier for entry for new people like me it's like you have to get resourceful and figuring out how you can kind of repurpose some of the things that right. you have
1: yeah. to I make them in the very beginning, of when we first started this, I told people to take a look at the things that they throw away. Yeah. And the reason why I brought that that conversation up is because a lot of times we throw away jars that mm-hmm. can be reused to to can in. If they fit that standard lid mouth, uh, which is a small mouth or a regular mouth, or mm-hmm. if they fit the wide mouth, you want to keep those jars because you can can in those. Yeah. Um, A lot of people don't know that. So you want to really take a good close look at the things you even throw away. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of plastic containers can be cut up to make um, little things that you stick in the ground for labels and labeling your vegetables and things of that nature. Um, You can recycle a lot of your egg carts for that same reason. You don't Mm -hmm. ever really want to throw that stuff away, especially if they're made from like, uh, not that foam, but like the paper that you see yeah the biodegradable yeah because yep. you can plant right into the ground with that stuff so a lot of people mm-hmm. don't know that even their trash that they have um, can be a source that no one ever even takes a look at i, right. I promise you this almost on the on street everybody puts out all these trash cans i could go almost a month without putting out garbage i really just don't mm-hmm. have that much um, yeah. mostly due to the fact that i'm a homesteader secondly mm-hmm. um everything that is organic in matter. I top dress my plants with, so whatever gets cut up, gets cut up. It doesn't go in the garbage. It just gets ground up and threw back in the garden Mm -hmm. um, in the same sense. So I really just, I don't know. People think that you really have to spend a lot of money at this. You really don't. The dollar store is your best friend. And like I taught the class, I told people my stuff is all old. Most of it's like 15 years old. You don't throw the stuff away. You throw it in the shed and you leave it there, drag it back out next year and Uh use it all over again. Plastics hang around for almost 20 years, 30 years. Yeah. So so long as it stays together, you don't have to throw it away. Just keep your stuff. Um, plants don't care um, when they're, you know, real small, what mm-hmm. they're planted in. They don't care. They don't know. <laughs> it could be a shoebox. Right. They don't care. But as they get older is when the caring kind of comes in and then you have to plant them in a place that um, mm-hmm. is sort of safe. But at, at any rate, um, the lifestyle is a bit different. It's hard. A lot of people like convenience yes that was my next that was my next (laughs) thing because I was I have been
0: and I really feel like I'm I'm like a frustrated um and not accepted in anyone's programs doctoral student because I'm always thinking of like (laughs) what's the new thesis right (laughs) and I'm like the the last thing that came up is like convenience is the drug that destroyed you know our society
1: it did You know,
0: and it's just like, it's like looking at how many times we've just said, oh, well, I'll just go grab a quick, whatever, like insert the thing, whether it's coffee, whether it's, you know, uh, something from the, from the corner store, whatever it might be. And how many times that we would have done either better by ourselves or better by the environment by going what some considered the long way. which usually ends up tasting better, usually ends up lasting a little bit longer and, like, being
1: better for us. Yeah. Um, Better all the way around for the environment, yourself, your kids, your family, all the way around. You know, it really does. Yes.
0: But you introduced me to a place that I tried the other day. Congratulations. Oh, my my goodness. So I'm like, this is not even an ad. There's a place called Taranga here in the Cincinnati area. area. I had a... First of all, I don't eat tilapia. You don't. How, however, I, I had did. this piece of grilled fish. Yeah, tilapia. With the well, head still me, on
1: it. Still on it. There you go. Now you know what tilapia really looks like, right? And it ain't cute.
0: Oh, no. It's
1: an ugly fish.
0: <laughs> oh, mercy. But it was delicious. Right but here's the here's the thing that i was I was um noticing in the flavor combination, so there's two fish places here you got Alabama fish bar, which is fried fish downtown. oh, it's popping I still like it but i i can't, yeah, I it. can't. I'm like I can't. I can't eat it because it it um. Messes with my blood pressure. Like I feel it does me
1: too. Yeah, Yeah. it gets me. My blood pressure goes up. So yeah, I'm still fooling with that. It is good. I'm no doubt in that. But my body doesn't like it. Like this, this girl ain't liking it. Right. But taranga
0: (laughs) like so the the things are prepared differently. Right. It's grilled fish versus fried fish. Right. But when it comes down to those peppers and onions,
1: onions, I want that recipe by itself, though, um, darling. Right? But that, <laughs> but that, but this is what I'm saying. When you
0: taste it, so I'm, I'm a real, I'm a flavor junkie, and that's another reason why I'm liking this garden life. Because I'm like, I can get my own peppers and tomatoes and mess with mm. flavors. Oh yeah, those flavors reminded me so much of the peppers and onions pack that you get at Alabama Fish. I was like, I okay, this well, is the. I cool think is had. better.
1: Alabamas,
0: yeah. It is, yeah. but it it let me know like the connection between the diaspora, right? Because Serenga right. is an African uh restaurant, right? A West African restaurant and right. uh Alabama fish bar is, is just that, right? It's Cincinnati
1: <laughs> fish bar. Yeah, black fish folks, bar. Si- fish bar, yeah, yeah. It's normal from down stuff.
0: south, but mostly right. like you know, right. us. Right. But it was right. just it was interesting, <laughs> those flavor combinations and the way they put things together. Um, at Taranga, you can tell what all is in it. You t- you can taste it. Like there's vinegar. There's a mm-hmm. little. Maybe mm-hmm. there might be some sugar in this, mm-hmm. but it's probably from something natural and like some salts and but peppers galore. Galore. Oh man. Yeah. And that Good is stuff.
1: like it's restaurant food, but that's home food. For no, me. the the, yeah. the owner there is he likes to call me his other wife, but at any rate. <laughs> Um, I've been going there for years. Um, yeah, man, I remember when Tarangas wasn't even that big. It was just a little. Mm-hmm. T- okay, Taranga owns their family owns that complex there. Just a yeah. side note, they own that mm-hmm. little complex there where Tarangas is located. It's a grocery store. So Taranga yeah. started in that grocery store. It's just a like one, one eye. They only had one eye to cook on. Like it mm-hmm. was just that grassroots it really was right and over a course of time they just kept building and building and building and building and building Mm -hmm. so what it is today is they outside of true hardware that's all theirs yeah if you go up there and Mm -hmm. it's packed man you got to sit on the street to even get in the parking lot it's just that good of food and at first it was just really kind of like the muslim population in cincinnati knew about it Mm -hmm. uh and because a lot of my friends are muslim I knew about it, you know, plus I knew the, the guy, um, from, he used to work at another restaurant. So I knew him from there. And then when he decided to work for his aunt, which is Taranga's, um, mm-hmm. if you ever go in there and there's uh, a, uh, heavyset black woman sitting on a stool, she's the owner. Okay. <laughs> she's the owner. So at any rate, she doesn't do any cooking anymore. It's predominantly whoever they can get to hire in to mm-hmm. take care of stuff, but it's really like what you would cook at home. Yes. Um, their stuff is as fresh as it can get. They start early in the morning. I tell you what, if you over there in that area at seven o'clock in the morning, you know, they clanging some dishes over there because mm-hmm. this smells good as all get out. Yes. So everybody in Cincinnati, I thought I'm telling me you, you told me you don't know about, no. it, knew about Tarangas. Like who doesn't know about Tarangas? That's the best place to eat in Cincinnati. If
0: you ask me, I did not know about it, but, but I'm going to tell you, I don't know that I would have appreciated it as much. Um, if I had not been inside of the journey of growing my own food, really and like reconnecting with, well, because I mean, it's it is food flavored with f- other foods, right? It's not right. food flavored, flavored with a like chemical, chemicals, yeah. and all of that yeah. stuff. And yeah. it, there's a taste bud shift that happens when you start eating fresh foods, yes, it is, versus you know what I mean, the processed yeah. stuff. And I'm right. telling you, I, I don't know if I would have been like, this is the whip, or if I would have even been able to recognize all the flavors. I said all that to say is like, in this journey, you get a whole new mouth.
1: Like, it's like- you do. You get a whole new mind in this journey. I'm telling yes. you, your mind, you start to look at stuff like, wait a minute, that's nasty. And I grow better stuff than that. Like mm-hmm. you go to a market someplace and you get to look at stuff and you're like, this is horrible y'all yeah. are a joke where are you getting this stuff from my stuff looks better than this mm-hmm. I mean it becomes like I hate to say this you kind of get a little snooty you know yeah <laughs> if that's the word yeah. a little snooty you kind of get a little eh, I'm not buying that because I know what I grow is better I know exactly. for instance like I make my own kabuchas mm-hmm. I, when you buy that stuff like at jungle gyms I hate to give a give anybody a plug but they mm-hmm. have like a, a kabucha bar that stuff is disgusting if you ever taste mine, you're like, so wait a minute, what did you say this was? Mine is mm-hmm. completely different. It's non-pasteurized. You're not getting rid of any of the, the good bacterias that happen in the kombucha. You're mm-hmm. really getting an immune boost that's like no other. Mm-hmm. Um, and What goes on with the, the stuff that they have in most of the stores is it's pasteurized, so it's dead. It's yeah. not even a living food at that point. So A lot yeah. of people don't understand eating living food is the reason why for instance, a person like me, we don't, or I don't have any type of reliance on medication. It's because yeah. I eat living food, mean, meaning that all of my food that I eat is alive, mm-hmm. you know? So, and so and even the, the stuff the I other, drink is like that. Here's Damn. the other
0: thing to note. For something like kombucha, it, it's safer when it comes from a small source,
1: it's if safer you're when it comes to, from your home. Yeah, I like that's to what I'm teach like people your, to do it themselves. Yeah,
0: your, your, your house and like right. get the recipe and you do it yourself that's and right. you're not, because that's like right. there is something that's lost when things are pasteurized, but- you know when things are in big quantities. Right. There's
1: good things can get out of hand. There, yeah. But there's also there's bad to take
0: you out. So yeah, there's bad.
1: So yeah, yeah, learning
0: how to do it at your own house, learning how to homestead, like getting the recipes and doing all of that so that it, things don't have as long of a shelf life. They don't. And like getting into all of that. All right. So yeah. then these things we talk about on Wednesdays um, in the classes. But I think that we're probably going to be making a shift uh, sometime soon, I think we got to get out of the food preservation series. Um, we are, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we got to get out of the food preservation series, and then things are going to shift. But um, this is this is the vein of things that we discuss um, on the Wednesdays, and things that I discuss when you know I'm just hanging out, uh, trying to right. get some information. <laughs> right. right. So. I appreciate you coming on the podcast today, and thank you for sharing what you know, letting the people know a little bit more about like what's the behind the scenes. It's not just dirt. It's not right. just you know what I mean. Like it's not just yeah. outside fighting with raccoons and stuff like that. There's some days. T- some days it's, it's some days. in there, but it's not just that. That's and true. so I'm grateful because you know this whole platform is about surviving and thriving as a black woman in America and um, everything that we talked about today um, is moving more towards independence and liberation and that has been something that is has been an important thing for me um, the majority of my life but I've been able to put words to it in the last few years and so it was very important to have you on today um, to bring this portion for season one of this podcast thank you you're welcome all right. Until the next time, this has been the Black Maggie Podcast. Y'all take care.
1: And once again, thank you for listening to the Black Maggie Podcast and for your listening pleasure. You will be listening to the return from Pretty PK Kitty. Uh, you can find this video on YouTube. You can also follow Pretty PK Kitty uh, on at her Facebook fan page as well as Instagram at the same username. I do hope you enjoy.
2: Gonna be crispy. Shit ain't about nothing. Chicks always talking about something. Fraud niggas always front I ain't with none of that foo foo. Don't worry about me, homie, do you? Soft boy think you need two, two. Sad about crack, he a boo hoo. Mad about a boy, but I hope well. I spit disasters. Nid a rash. I speak like that.